theyeshiva.net. Okay, good morning, everybody. Welcome. We're up to page 145. 145, yeah. Ayin Gimel, column 2. The Nikud that we learned in the first shir yesterday, Matoivu, of Madmaim Matoivu is, the purpose of the souls coming down was to go from being a tzaddik to being a baltshuva. What is tshuva? Tshuva exists on three levels. The first they call tshuva tata, the basic level, which is what he calls surmeira. Surmeira means the person goes away from all forms of ra. Ra means brokenness, negativity, toxicity, whatever it is in a person's life. That includes remorse, regret. It includes uprooting his will, his desire from the Ra, because he doesn't want to be separated from the oneness. That shuva is expressed in davening, Baruch HaTah Hashem Eloikeinu, that Hashem becomes Eloikeinu, ours. Like he says in Parshas Vayelach, Haloyal Kieinu Lekai Bekirbi Mitzuni Arasa Ela. The Ra comes from the fact that Elekai is not Bekirbi, Avoneseichem Avdilim Beinechem Lebein Eloikeichem, that every ovoin comes from the fact that there's a sense of separation, and it creates a separation. It intensifies the sense of separation. And only by alekeinu do we have all these terms, alekai, alekeinu, alekeichem, making it personal, because it represents tzimtzum, a malikalalman, tzimtzum shchinasa, for it to be revealed like the teacher, in order to reveal the information in a way that's relatable to the experience of the student and his consciousness, he must condense it and limit it. That's why Elikim can become Elikeinu, Elikeichem, Elikai, etc. Personal individual. And as he explains, that the difference is never histalkus or hispashtus, and godliness It's not if he's here or not here. The question is, if it's Helim or Gilu, Helim means how concealed it is or how exposed it is how much the person can perceive it. The relationship is always there. Elakai Bekirbi means that the remedy for us to understand, to appreciate the Elakai in me. That's the first state of the state of Tshuva. This Maimer and Lakuta Torah, the Maimarim of the Balatanya are mixed in with a lot of footnotes of his grandson, the Tzamach Tzedek. The Tzamach Tzedek was the grandson of the Balatanya, the Tanya's daughter's name was Rebetzin Dverileya, and she passed away very young, and he raised his grandson, her son, Menachem Mendel, the Tzamech Tzadik. And then later he became the third Chabad Rebbe after the passing of the Mittler Rebbe, Rebbe Doivber, who was a son of the Balatanya. He was a grandson and a son-in-law of the Mittler Rebbe. When he gave the Lakuta Torah to publish in the year Tafresh Ches, I think it was, 1848, so he wrote a lot of footnotes on the Maimorim, in parentheses and in brackets, sometimes not even in parentheses, a lot of the references of Madame Mekayimus to other Maimarim. So they're printed together. This Maimar has an extraordinary amount of commentary with the Tzamech Tzedek. It actually is more than the original, the original Maimar, I think. Because there were different writers, so you can go back to the original manuscript so you could see right away what the Tzamech Tzedek added and what not, because sometimes it's not so clear. But because, for example, this Maimar... You have a transcript from the Balatanya's son, Reb Moshe. You have a transcript from the Balatanya's son, the Mittler Rebbe. You have the transcript in the Kudotayda that was written by his brother, the Ma'aril Rebbe Yehuda Leib. And he only wrote his Agos on one of them. So when you go back to the other ones, you see what Talter Rebbe said, so you know right away what was the Hagos. So this Maimer has a unique amount of the Hagos of the Tzamech No, no, no. Others are, for example, this is a Maimah from Tovkov Samach Beis, Bolok Tovkov Samach Beis, 1802. So there's a, there's a set, Mamari Admurazakin, so Tovkov Samach Beis has another two transcripts of this Maimah that were written by two different people. So you had sometimes one Maimah that was written by two people or three people, sometimes four people, sometimes five people. Everybody wrote their own transcript based on what they heard, their memory of it. So obviously the theme is very similar always, but you see differences, but you could see immediately what the structure was, what he said, what was the teichen, and so forth. This Maimer has a tremendous amount of hagos, but he didn't put them in parentheses, so sometimes it's hard to know. You know the original transcript, you know. I'm just bavarani, because 
the Haggahs go to whole complicated sugyas in this. For example, now there's a Haggah that begins and it continues a very long time. Huh? A lot of them he reviewed, yeah. I don't know if all of them he reviewed, but it says on the front page that he reviewed many of them. He didn't write them, but he reviewed them. Just to agree. Most by Mariam Alakudatayda were written by his brother. The Balatanya had a brother, his name was Rabbi Yehuda Leib. He's known as the Maharil. He has a sefer called Shalsa Chuvas Maharil. He was a big gone. He was a brother, a younger brother of the Balatanya. Rabbi Yehuda Leib was his name. They call him the Maharil. That I don't know. I think sometimes he read and sometimes he didn't. I don't know if there's a cl- one claw. But a lot of them, not all of them, but he says in the front, look at the Torah when he gave it to her, that a lot of them, his grandfather looked at them and, uh, you know, to give his haskama that it was fine, even though he didn't write it. it was... The only thing that he wrote himself was the Tanya and the Shulchan Aruch and, uh, and Charles Sechuvis answers and letters to people. There's a few other things that he wrote too. It says from his Ksavyad. But mostly, most Mamanum were written by uh, a brother or children or grandchildren or grandson or, or Chsidim. So here there's a long Hagar, a very long Hagar, till the second level of Tshuva. It starts from the parentheses. It actually starts with the parentheses. Right in the middle of Ayin Gimel. And it goes all the way to 146, the bottom of column 1. If you go to 146, the bottom of column 1, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 9 lines from the bottom, v'hatshuva hashenis. The Haggah ends with the words, melevushim atzayim ein sham. It goes, hatshuva hashenis, the second shuva. You see? I think 9 lines from the bottom, 146. So he finished a short explanation on the first shuva, mamalakalalman, Alekai Bekirbi, Alekai Bekirbi, as we explained yesterday, he goes to Vachuva Hashenis. Vachuva Hashenis, Yachuva Bechinis Haseitav. The second step of Chuva is what we call Haseitav. First, we spoke about Sur Meira. Posik says in Tehillim, Lamadalit, Sur Meira, right? Mia Isha Chafetz Chayim, Oyev Yamam Liris Tav. Who is the man who desires life? Who wants to see good during his days? He loves his days to see good. Protect your tongue from ra, from negativity, and your lips from speaking deceitfully. And of course that made it into Shmanasu, then the Shmanasa Lakai, Mitsar Lashani Meira, Usfasai. Protect my uh, my language from negativity, from bad, from gossip, slander, and negative talk. And usfasai, my lips, from speaking deceptively, mirma, deceitfully. And then the Tehillim continues, Sur meira vaseitoiv, bake shalem viratfeyo. Sur meira means turn away, sur, go away, turn away from ra, from all forms of negativity. Engage, I say, do good. Seek out peace, shalom. Seek, look for shalom, and pursue it, chase it. So the Balatanya sees this as three states of tshuva. This is the tshuva hashishoynar, called surmeira. And now this tshuva hashenis is asaytav. I know. Afopishu surmeira betachlis. Sometimes a person is very disciplined to stay away from ra. But what's missing is in the positivity, in the asetoiv. He may do things, but the leageyas atzmai, to go the extra mile. I know atzlus. There's a certain sense of laziness or apathy. Surmeira, a person may be very disciplined in. I don't do certain things. Sometimes it comes easier for certain people. But there's still a certain, what's, what could be missing is in the asetoiv. Just like you have sometimes in a, uh, <coughs> in a, you know, different relationships between people. So somebody, there's no tightness, there's nothing, nothing bad going on, but there's nothing good going on. <laughs> not, not doing ra is a good thing. It's, it's the, it's the basics. You know what I mean? If you're hurting me and you're harming me, it's not going to work. <laughs> but then there's something else. There's nothing good. There's nothing positive going on. 
there's no, I can't complain. You're not doing anything, uh, you're not doing anything wrong. But there's no fire. There's no electricity. There's nothing positive. There's no passion. There's no interest. There's no enthusiasm. Same is true in a relationship with Hashem. Person could be sur meira. Others, I don't do. I'm, I'm, I'm nizam. I'm a good guy. You can't uh, point point anything. But uh, there's like a certain detachment. What he calls your atzlus. Atzlus is not just laziness, but it's like uh, indifference. You know, laziness means just you know you're you. Uh, You'll never go the extra mile. The yaleageyes, that's my, the koch, the toil, the yegiyah. Betoiro betvil. Alzanemar enei seitoiv engamecht. And this is the intimated, the Pesach and Tehillim, Kapitli Yodalad, enei seitoiv engamecht. So, Matzeich ladovid, Amar novel beliboy, ena lekim, ishchisu, ishivu, ovel, enei seitoiv. And then he says, hakal sar yachtov nalochu, enei seitoiv engamecht. So, the Pashtas, he's speaking about over there, those who destroyed the Beis HaMikdash, the novel, the disgusting one, said there's no God, nobody does good. Hakel Saryachtov, everyone is uh is uh went off together in Elochu, they have become uh de- 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 decomposed. There's nobody to do good, not even one, not even that one person who looks like he's a good guy is Ain Aisatov. So Pipshat, the Pasuk, the Hillam is very sharp. It's not speaking about a novel. But like every Pasuk, it exists on many layers. He says, is even that one person who's, who's surmeira. But what's sometimes missing is in, in the oisetoiv, in the positive connection, in the positive relationship. Just that I don't do, that I could go on the checklist and say, I don't do anything bad. Fine. It, it, it's the basics. It's a good thing. It's the basic level. But then there's something, but is there a relationship? In Asay Toiv, is there a positive connection? Is there a koch in the relationship? An electricity in the relationship? Is the relationship on fire? Or it's just, I'm lazy, I'm atzlos, you know, I, uh, I'm indifferent, I'm apathetic, there's no, uh, no geschmack. And where do you see that? You see it in the Yegiya, you know, if you go the extra mile, just to do things to be yoytze, means you're not, I'm not really interested, I just have to checklist. So even in sometimes in that echad, who's the, the good guy, what's missing is in, in the asetav. That's the second step, asetav. Sur meiran asetav. Here this writer, a long hagaf netzamach You see, right away goes off to Makaitis and Kabbalah explaining exactly what his father meant. And this goes till the next column, around ten lines from the top, the line starts, Haramaz V'doik. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Around twelve lines from the top, column two, 146, the line starts, Haramaz, right? Befidosh Haramaz, Reb Moshe Zakuti is discussing a Pidosh of Moshe Zakuta on the Zoya, V'doik. Zaymedayik. The Maimah continues. These are like parentheses. V'hine, Masha, Lamayla, B'madrega, Whatever is higher in Madrega, whatever is higher in a level, in that level, whether you're talking about a person or a soul, or generally anything that's in a higher place, Shom Habgam Yoyser. Over there, the blemish is always deeper. What do we mean? What do you mean you're higher the blemish? Pirush. Shemisha Nishmasai Gavaya. Somebody whose Nishama is more lofty, as a Poygim Hachet, Bihibotloi Mivasei Toiv. Sometimes the blemish of lacking in asetoiv and lacking in being on oivadalakim could be greater, and the nefila, the fall, can be greater than the avain shall isha hamoini. You know what isha hamoini is? The huh? Hamoini, like Hamoinam. Yeah, the average person, the Hamoin, the regular person who's not Surmeira. You would think that the second Shuva is not so important. The first one, Surmeira, staying away from Ra. The second one is just, you're missing an Asetoif. Okay. But he says, but the truth is that sometimes it's the other way. Somebody's Neshama is Gavaya. So the lack of Asetoif could be a much greater Nefila, much greater blemish then the sin of Surmeira of the ordinary person. What's lacking is the Oyved Now just to understand what he means by the words Oyved I want to do three lines from the Hagav, the Tzamach Tzedek, 
where he, where he explains the words Oivad Alekim on the top of the same column, line number two. We you have an expression always he's an Ivadalakim. It comes from a Pasak and Malachi. What does Ivadalakim mean literally? He serves Hashem. But when you look at think of the word Ivid, Ivid, what what does it mean he serves? I mean, we translate he serves Hashem. The word Alakim is used. Not Oyved Avaya, Oyved Alekim, and the word Oyved is used. So he says, Shuhumiloshin Oyris Avudim. The word Oyved, actually, comes from the word you have in, in the Malachis of Shabbos, Ma'abed. Ma'abed is tannery. You take skin of an animal, the hide, and you have to work it out. It's called Oyris Avudim in Alacha. And it's a very intense process. Trampling on it, stepping on it. What today they use it, obviously they do it with machinery. But uh, in halacha, you know, there's a concept of going back and forth, stepping on it either yourself or with an animal until it becomes fertile to be able to develop it and cultivate it, whether you want to make tefillin from it or lahavdil, you want to make shoes from it or you want to make a leather suitcase from it, whatever it is, but that's called oiris avud. And then it has to be salted and various chemicals. So oivad alikim is from the word ma'abed, oiris. He works it through. What's pshat? So Oyved Alekim means that you work through your Oyved, just like you take a raw material of oil, the hide of an animal, the skin of an animal, which is not ready to be turned into tefillin. But you have to work it through, press it out, work it, be it ma'abed, tannery, until it becomes transformed, so in Avayda, this means the Ayyavid Alakim that the person works and is Mesak in the Hester. Hanim Shechmat Simtsum the Shemalakim. The concealment that comes because of the restriction, the Simtsum, the withdrawal, the condensing, the limitation that Shemalakim creates. Ayyidei Mashu Miyageye Satsmai Bevasei Toiv Leilachim Imateva Vayetza. By the person who toils himself in Asei Toiv to go the extra mile, even if the Yetzer or the Teva says no. When you, uh, when a, when a, when a person not only does not, but a person engages in the positive to go beyond when you really appreciate somebody. So how do you know you go the extra mile? You go beyond. Sometimes I'll do something only if it fits mamish with my comfort zone, but the ability to be able to go the extra mile. My Itzahari says I'm not in the mood, but, but I battle it. I transcend it. I go beyond that. So Kivayachal, it does not just, I go beyond my own teva. It creates a change in the cosmos. It's Oyved Alekim. Because Alekim is what creates the restrictions of nature and the concealments of nature. And a person who goes beyond that, a person who pierces through the concealment and is ready to go beyond. You know, just like you have in, in every, take an exercise, for example. What makes it successful? makes it successful is if a person does the same thing every single day for 20 years, it's not going to be growth. You always, your train always needs that challenge, right? You have to overcome that challenge. Well, I overcame a challenge yesterday. But if you want to grow, you have to overcome. But my body says I have to stop. That only means that you have to go further. Because the, the comfort zone, the laziness will always say you have to stop. Because it's going to be toil. It's going to be effort. But it's in the toil and the effort that you open up new channels that you didn't know existed. So if you only stick to the comfort zone, to what the teva or the Yetzir says, this is easy. So you remain very limited. You remain in that box. And it's true in every, any field, in any art, in anything. Right? There is that, this is where I am. I'm comfortable to stretch. Stretching is painful. But it's not painful because it's destructive. It's painful because it's constructive. Because you're going beyond the limit. All limits in the world are rooted in Elohim. All limits in the world are rooted in the first limit, the, the beginning. That the Rebbeinu Shalom took infinity and he compressed it. What's Oyved Alekim? Oyved Alekim is the Shinoi Hateva. Every time a Jew goes out of his comfort zone, in any area, to go beyond the Teva, beyond the Yetzer, you're Oyved Alekim. You transform the Hester of Alekim to open it up to something deeper. So it's not just a little change in me that I went out of my comfort zone. In the whole cosmos, there's a, a shinui, kevayachal and shema lekim. That's the, that's the definition of oivad lekim.
Right. <laughs> working God, not serving God. <laughs> I would say working God, it's working through the symptom of Elikimia. Now Elikim is the holy side of Mamalakalaman. That's what creates the world. Elikim is what creates Teva. That's what creates the world. It creates the structures of the universe. Everything has its Teva, its nature, its chemistry. We live in a world of Elikim, right? We don't live in a world of, we live, we live in a world of Teva, but that's the Oivad Elikim. Is always, I have to ask myself, am I becoming a victim of the tzimtzum? Or I'm here to transcend the tzimtzum, to pierce through the tzimtzum. And it, it exists on every single level, wherever a person is. That's the second shuvah. Asay toiv. That's what he says. Shekemokin mamshech ha'yedeze yichud elyon. Deshemesh omogin ha'avaya lekim shulayastin ha'mogin va'anartik. What a person does in his own life, every person is a microcosm of the entire reality. You are, I am a miniature universe. So it's not just I do it within myself. It creates what's called a yichud elyon of shemesh umogin Hashem alikim. The Pasuk says in Tehillim, Kapitel Peidalet, Ki shemesh umogin Hashem alikim. So the literal translation is Hashem, or like they'll say in English, God, the Lord, God, the Lord is a son and a protection. But the Balatanya always teaches, no, Shemesh umogin Hashem alekim. What the mogin is to the shemesh alekim is to yud kevavke. The shemesh has what's called a nartek, a uh, sheath. Right. It like a it protects it, like a shield that protects it, so that the light and the heat is not so intense. That's what alekim is for yud kevavke. It's the mogin for the shemesh. B'shas a Jew is oived alekim. So it creates the unity of Shemesh or Mogan Hashem Alagim, Shalayastra Mogan Vanartik. It shouldn't create such a concealment. This is a concept in Kabbalah called integrating. Shem Adne, which is Adoin, Malchus, with Yutkevavke, Umamatkim, Hagvurus, Bechsadim, Shazel, Ikininin, Ayichot. And the Gvurus, which represents the concealments, becomes sweetened by the Chasadim, by the kindness, which is the primary Yichot that is relevant. This is all the asetoiv, that I go beyond the atzlos. It's not just a checklist. I go beyond the tzimtzum, beyond the alikim, beyond my limitation. And asetoiv, that's the second, the second concept here of, of tshuv. So that's what he can, ah? Huh? Yeah, of course. Sir Meirai said the first thing. But it's interesting. Sur Meirah, the Balatanya said, is enough Elikim. <laughs> Sur Meirah is enough just Elikim. <laughs> ah? Mm-hmm. It does, but very often Sur Meirah really means that you're just aligned with your natural energy. Sur Meirah means I stay away from things that are harmful, that are destructive. An animal does that. <laughs> it's just an animal, it's programmed. A healthy animal doesn't jump into fire. A healthy animal doesn't eat things, yeah, usually. Unless it's not mafchen, they tell, always tell you, you know, don't feed the wildlife when you come. Because they're not mafchen, they're starving. Yeah. They always say, you never saw... Somebody goes over to a sheep and says, here's ice cream. And the sheep says, I would love it. But next week there's a wedding. I have to look good in the pictures. Yeah. Somehow they're, they're happy with the grass and the hay. The same as with the cows and so forth. Humans are interesting people. All of nature is based on three things. All of nature follows three rules. And that is self-preservation. Propagation. Produce the new generation. And doing what you have to do for your environment. Every insect, every animal, every tree, every bush, they give us, uh, they give us oxygen to be able to breathe. The trees, they make sure they are, they're alive. They do whatever they have to do. The roots will go very far extremes. The leaves will fight to get their light, to get their sunlight. Every instinctive in every creation in our world is the yearning for self-preservation. I want to exist. Look at a bug. Look, look what a mosquito does when you trap it. It will do anything according to its capacity and imagination, the mosquito's imagination, to protect itself. Sometimes it's mysterious nefesh, bees, right? If somebody comes into the beehive, 
They know they're dying, but to protect the queen, to protect the beehive, they'll die. It's instinctive. You don't call it Messiris Nefesh. It's programmed into them. Self-preservation. And then there is protecting the family, which is all part of self-preservation, but they want to reproduce. It's a fascinating thing. I mean, it's not for this year right now. The Rebbeinu Shalalim implanted in every single tree that exists, in every single vegetable, in every single plant and bush, a mechanism to figure out how to create the next generation, how to get the seeds to come back into the earth to start a new generation. And it's half of a fella. Everyone has a different stick. A different stick. Take, for example, a peach. If you take out the, 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 the pit of a peach, right? You ever tried to crack it? It's almost impossible. The pit of a peach, you don't, you don't, you can't crack it. There's one thing that cracks it very easily. You put it in the earth. <laughs> you put it in the earth, then it opens up. Why? Because the seeds are there. It's protecting the seeds. Now today we have garbage cans. Amoli didn't have garbage cans. You ate a peach and you threw the pit on the ground, on the earth. And that's exactly where it wanted to be. The earth opens it up. The seeds are now there. A new peach tree grows. And everyone has its own mechanism. Sometimes it's impossible for the seeds to go into the earth. So there's winds that take it. And there's waters that, that transfer it. There's ah, birds. <laughs> Cross-pollination. V'chuli, v'chuli. Yeah. And then there is how it helps its environment. Sur Meirah basically represents a person that lives a life that's aligned with self-preservation, self-propagation, and doing what I have to do, that the world should be a good place. Not giving in to urges that do not promote any of these three things. We're talking here, I say, Tevis, I go the extra mile. It's the pos- positive relationship. That's why over here he brings in that concept of Oivadalikim. You Tevis what I'm saying or not really? Right. Yeah. We're not the, che- we're not the checklist. Like he says, Atzlos. It's the passionate relationship. So that's where the Balatanya now continues after the Hagav, the Tzamech Tzedek, that when somebody's in a higher Madrega, the blemish is deeper. When somebody's Neshama is higher, the lack of Asay Toiv, the lack of Oivad is a deeper blemish, and his Nefila, his fall, can be a deeper Nefila than the Isha Moini, than the average person who's not a Sumerda. The Hinexiv, the Pasuk says, Ki Adam Sada. A person is the tree of the field. And Parsha Shoftim, the Pasuk actually says it as a question. Why would you allow a tree to get destroyed in a time of war? Is the tree the enemy? Like, what do you have to destroy a tree? You're fighting a war. What do you want from the tree? That's where the Torah is very cautious about protecting the world, protecting nature, protecting the tree, and so forth. Yiddishkeit is sensitive to the fact that we're responsible for the world. We are stewards of the world. So therefore, that's the Pashtas. But the Chachazal already, Mesechistainis, and many places, say it as a statement. A person is compared to the tree of the field. That the Shairish, the source of a Neshama of a person, is called an a tree. What Yitzchak says, that he smells Yaakov Avinu, he's like the Reach Sada, like the field that Hashem blessed. Ein Sham, look there in Zayra, but Pidush Ramaz, the commentary of Rabbi Moshe Zakuta, one of the great Makabalim, who wrote a Pidush on the Zayra. Vihine, based on this, let's give a Moshe. Eitz Oisipri, if you look at a fruit tree, a tree that produces fruit, Yeshbe Pedis Shalamata Samachlaritz. There are Pedis fruits that grow on the bottom of the tree that are lower, lower to the ground, close, close to the ground. Vihyeshbe Pedis Shalamayla. There are fruits that are up on the tree. And then you have Gavoya Me'al Gavoya. Higher and higher and higher. Stam the Mittler Rebbe in his transcript of the Maimah adds, he says that you see that usually the fruits that are higher are better. In quality, in caliber, he says in most cases the petas are better. So he says Gavoya Me'al Gavoya goes higher. Vihine, HaPetas Shalomayla, the fruits on the above, all the way on top. Im Shem El Yoinim Yoiser. 
even though they're higher physically, they're in a higher place, and in caliber and quality they're usually superior. You have a Meseches Menachis, how they used to take the olive oil, how they used to make oil from the olives, right? So there's the oil that they needed for Menachis, there's the oil that they needed for Menorah, so there's different levels. So he says, Megargeroi Berosh Hazayis. Megargeroi Berosh Hazayis. You wanted to go to the top of the olive tree to get your, your certain olives to produce the finest and best oil. So you have the Pedish Shalomayelar Elyonim Yoyser. They're higher. They're, when there is a storm, a ruach is a thunderstorm, a, a big wind, or a tsunami, a ruach, a very strong wind comes and uproots the fruits. And they fall. Those that are on top of the tree, as a result of the storm, when you come back after the storm and you survey, where are my fruits? So the fruits that were on the bottom of the tree, you'll find all around the tree. The fruits that were on top of the tree, you could run a mile or two (laughs) or more. Because as they fall off, naturally, because they're on top of the tree, so they're scattered much further than it from the tree. Those who fall. And they're lower, even when they fall, they become detached. It's usually not so remote. This is the depth of what the Gemara has an expression in Mesechus Chagigadav. Hey, may Igri Rama Libira mikta. Igri is a roof. Rama is tall, elevated. Bira is a pit. Amikta is a deep pit. The abyss. Me igri rama libira mikta is not just a fact. It's habahatalia. Because you were on igri rama, because you were so high, so then when it falls, the fall is bira mikta. When somebody falls, Khalila from a very elevated place, so obviously the damage is a completely different damage. The distance is a completely different distance. The bira mikta, the nefilas from the igri rame, it doesn't go stamp to the ground. It goes into a burr, a cistern, a pit, and a mikta very deep. Al derech zamre razal, this is what the chazal say in the medrash, in Bereshis, I think it's about the nachash. L'fig dulosoi haya mapalosoi. His mapala was, is always commensurate with his greatness. In other words, somebody who's great, when they fall, it's a different type of fall. Because when such greatness crashes, you know, when such greatness crashes, it's a different crash. Because the whole intensity, the whole power, the whole greatness that was there is now in the Mapola, it's a different type of defeat, it's a different type of fall. Mapola comes from the word nefila, like noifah. The nefila is a different nefila. Lefig dulasaya mapalasa. Vekachu beinyin peida same is true in the spiritual fruits of the tree, Eitzachayim, Shehem Anashamas. The same exact metaphor is true in souls. Kehine Yisrael Alubamachshava. The Medrash says in Bereshis, Yisrael the Neshamas of the Jews, Alubamachshava, they ascended Kevayachal in Hashem's thought. Umasho Lamaila Bamadrega and Ephili Lamatayas. You have the whole world comes from Dibur. Yisrael Alu, the Neshamas of Nisrael come from the highest place in Machshava. And the klal is whatever is higher, when it falls, the nefila is always much lower. It's habahatalia. Because it's so high, it's so powerful, there's so much potential there, there's so much greatness, so it's like the fruits on top of the tree. The fruits that are on the bottom of the tree, they fall down, they fall around the tree, but the fruits on top of the tree, when they fall, they go much further. (laughs) So when you see the distance... On one level, you could look at it and see distance. But if you understand what's really happening is because it was so high on the tree, it was so elevated in the tree, that's why the nephila can't just be a stam nephila. The nephila is a very far distance. The same is shub chlal in neshamas. Neshamas is all over So therefore, when the Jewish soul falls, <laughs> it's a different type of fall. When greatness explodes, when greatness loses itself, so now the energy of greatness is distorted. And when energy of greatness is distorted, it's a whole different distortion. Why are we saying this in the second shuvah? Let me just be part of the first shuvah. 
It's true in the first tshuva also, of course. It's true, he's Bechlal distinguishing why a Jewish soul could make a churban like no other soul. Like no other soul. Also, yeah. But he wants to say, sometimes you look at the second tshuva and it looks not so significant, not so valuable, not so important. So that's what he's saying. You always have to know what type of neshama it is. Sometimes a deeper neshama, what seems like a nefila relative to another person, it's not such a nefila, but relative to this neshama, because it's such a high neshama, so even a nefila that would seem, yeah, this is a low fruit, it fell. This is a high fruit, it fell. The fall was from a high fruit. It's a different type of nefila, But because of its greatness, it can have a deeper nefila than anything else. That's what he means to say. No, no, he's just bavodening that one shouldn't make light of it. One shouldn't think it. He'll, he'll explain. He'll, we'll get back. He's going to explain. Sometimes when you see how far a person could fall, that itself shows you the greatness, the potential greatness. Because if there wouldn't be such greatness, then the fiddler couldn't be so... Uh, an animal, for example, can do animalistic stuff. But there's certain things animals won't do. Even even devouring animals, lionesses, they do, they're hungry, they, they take care of themselves. You see people, unfortunately Jews have seen this throughout history, especially 70, 80 years ago, in Eastern Europe, the Dachzar, I don't have to go back 70, 80 years ago, you can also go to certain countries today, the cruelty of people was such that to call them animals is an insult for animals. Like, why would you insult that? Animals wouldn't do this. Animals want to protect themselves, I understand, but they weren't trying to protect themselves. The cruelty that people are shayach. Victor Frankl was in Auschwitz. He has a book called uh, Man's Search for Meaning, right? So he writes over there a line. He says, it was human beings who created the gas chambers. And it was human beings who went into the gas chambers with the prayers of Shema Yisrael on their lips. That's what he writes. He was a secular Jew. He married, he married a non-Jewish woman. But that's what he writes. Human beings. It was human beings who created the gas chambers. It was human beings who walked into those gas chambers. You know, he's, he was there for quite a long time in Auschwitz. He survived. How does a human being fall so low? Because when a human falls, it's a different type of fall. It's a different type of nephila. Within human beings themselves, you have higher neshamas. And when such a neshama falls, it's a different type of nephila. You're on Igri Rama. The fall is not a simple fall. It's Bira Amikta. The crash is a much heavier crash. When a billionaire loses his money and crashes, it's a different type of crash than when a schnorrer crashes, yeah? <laughs> it's a different, it's a different nefila. Lefig dulasi kachma palasa. That's also the pshat de gemara in sukkah. Kola gadol mechaveire. Yitzroi gadol. Somebody who's greater, the temptations are greater, the challenges are greater. Because everything is zelo umazeh. When you have a tremendous potential, that position to that potential is going to be much more powerful because the potential is powerful. And therefore, when the Yetzir takes over, it's powerful. It's always commensurate. Everything is Elo Maza. And that's the fall. The fall from the Paris Ha'ilon, you fall much further. If I would have been on a much lower level, I fall. Okay, I'm around the tree. You can get back up. <laughs> you can get back up. But this Nefila, it looks very far. But the distance it shouldn't deceive you. The distance is only coming because how close, how connected, how deep, how much potential there is. So you could look at the negative. You can also see what the potential is from that gufa. And in souls themselves, you have neshama sisrol. Neshama sisrol, although machshava, because it's although machshava. To give a dogma in our generation, we have a very good example of it. This is called nuclear energy. <laughs> Nuclear energy, yeah? You know how small an atom is? <laughs> they used to think that power in the world comes from numbers. 
You have a big army, you have power. The more kamos, the more numbers, the more quantity, the more power. Jews are atamamat mikolam, it's a little tiny nation. 14 million people, 15 million people, it's like a joke. I told you once that the number of Jews is smaller than a statistical error on a Chinese census. The Hearst, that's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a joke. A statistical census, an error on a Chinese census. Drown. Drown. <laughs> yeah. And it's not, and it's not a fluke. Moshe says, Ki You're the smallest of all the nations, and it remains that way. It remains that way. And it's not just small, you know, a little, relative. <laughs> it's quite small. It's not like we constitute 2% of humanity, 5%, 10%, so so small. We don't constitute 1%. We don't constitute a half a percent. We don't constitute a quarter of a percent. People don't realize this. Just Taka Munsi, Shayna Kehilla, Kenayan Hara, Kain Yerbo, and Asach Yidin Baruch Hashem. We don't constitute a quarter of 1%. You look, you have 2.7 billion uh, Catholics or Christians and 1.7 billion Muslims and 1.2 billion Chinese. And as I'm speaking, another million were born during the Chassidus Shir. And for Jews, we're fighting for everyone. So often you look, it's tiny. So for many history, it was looked, strength comes with numbers. We call this generation, they called it the atomic age. What's the, what's the chiddush of the atomic age? It's not just that the Manhattan Project managed to produce the atomic energy and the atomic bombs that stopped the war between America and Japan in 1945 when Truman dropped the bombs in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. It's called an atomic age. And the biggest concerns today, for example, with Iran, it was the nuclear, the nuclear energy. What is it? What is it? It's a splitting of an atom. The You can't even describe how tiny an atom is. We, we don't even have a hasog how tiny it is. Because the tiniest thing in the world, this, the, the, give me the tiniest thing in the world, it's not even, an atom is not a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction. To describe how many items is... is, is, is is in the point of a needle, how many atoms in the point of a pinky is beyond what you can imagine, the zeros that you have to put after the one. But it's not a question of numbers, it's a question of unleashing the potential that's inside. And when you get to that point, the atomic level, and you unleash the potential, it can destroy Khalila a world, can destroy a country in an hour, in a minute. And, the, and, and conversely as well. The power, the power of what it can do, it's, it's, it's potential. The question is not how big, how small. The question is how deep, what's, what's inside of it. Neshamas Yisrael, Olobu Machshava. Neshamas Olobu Machshava. I don't know if you ever thought about it. If you would stand up and have to fight a gorilla or a chimpanzee, right? You know who would win, right? You have to fight a cheetah. You have to fight a tiger. Why do we control the universe? Why don't they control? I mean, go to an alley. Why don't we make a competition like David and Goliath? Yeah. And you know who's going to win the bad, the wrestling between you and a chimp. We all know. You don't start up with them. You ever saw those? Uh, you ever saw those chavra? Huh? They walk around as a. <laughs> Why do we control the world? Why don't they control the world? Power is control. Control is power. The answer is, we have a little, 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 little brain. Two pounds. Two little pounds, like a jello. I was like, up here. They also have a brain up there. But our DNA is a, is a little tiny mutation that the evolutionary scientists like to call the cognitive revolution, that at some point there was some cognitive revolution and somehow the brain went through a mutation and we started to think in terms of poetry and and, and landing on the moon. However they explain it, it's, it's, it's strange stuff, but, uh, we call it Salam Alekim. Yeah, What is it? What is it? Come on! And if you would put that brain in front of the chimpanzee, what is he gonna do with it? 
But because of that, we control the whole world. <laughs> we control the whole world. The power of speech, the power of cognition, the power of cooperation, the power to build tools, the power to build destructive and constructive. So it's not a question of what looks big. It's a question of how deep you're tapping into. If something is nuclear energy, it could be tiny. It's irrelevant. But if it's unleashed, whether constructively or destructively, it's a whole different impact. The same is true with neshamas themselves. It's a whole different p'china. If you understand it's very important ideas. This also explains the concept of Shvira Sakelm, the breaking of the vessels of Oilam the world of chaos. Bekitzer Nimritz, we learned about this a few times, but Bekitzer, very Bekitzer, we know that Rizal teaches and Kabbalah taught that before this world was created, there was another world called Oilam the world of chaos. The world of chaos, there was a Shvira. The language in Kabbalah is that in Toyu, the iris were merubim and the kalim were muatim. The lights were strong and the vessels were small. And the intensity of the light broke the vessels, smashed the vessels. And as a result of that, the oil was destroyed. The oil could not stay because the kalim broke. And shards of vessels got splintered and scattered with little sparks of oil. That's called birur hanitsutsis. And on the debris of Toyu was built a new world of Tikkun where there's integration. So it's called the breaking of the vessels of the world of Toyu. What do you see there? That which in its Shairish is higher fell much lower because it was higher. That's why vegetation, produce, gives life to all animals. Animals eat produce. And the animal gives life to the human. Because in their shoyrish they were higher. So when they fell, they fell into a lower form of life. If all animals were gone, if all animals were gone, yeah. the vegetation and the produce wouldn't all die. They live. They need their sunlight. They need their water, they need their ear, etc. But if there was no tzimeyach, there would be no balichayim. They couldn't live. They need to be able to live. So the tzimeyach could live without balichayim. Balichayim can't live without tzimeyach. Let's say there were no people. Would animals be here? Of course, they would be wonderful. (laughs) We wouldn't be stealing all their jungles and building houses, and intruding into their territories, and endangering all the species, and killing out the elephants for their uh, for their tusks. They would be very happy, Balichayim, without us. We're a nuisance. But what if we, great human beings, wouldn't have animals and earth and semeach? How would you live? Whether you're a vegan or a vegetarian, or you eat meat or chicken, you can't live, or fish. We need them. They don't need us. Fish don't eat us. They're perfectly fine without us. They would be happy if we don't throw our plastic into their oceans. Don't worry, I'm not going to give a lecture on climate change now. <laughs> so you see how it works? The tzameach are fine without anybody. The balichayim need them. The balichayim need the tzameach. They don't need us. We need everybody. And yet we control everybody. So the balatanya says it's habahatalia. They came down, they fell down into a lower form of life because in their shoyrish and toyu, they're really higher. And whatever is higher, when it goes to a nefila, it falls down lower. And that's the definition of a nefila. There's a difference between hishtalshalus and nefila. Hishtalshalus means a process that develops, like the word shalshalus, a chain. A nefila means a traumatic fall, like a fall. The difference is when something evolves, ishtalshalos, so its greatness comes down into the next level because it develops. It's just condensed. When there's an afila, it's the other way around. That which was greater falls in a deeper way. It, 
So now it actually becomes lower than that which was lower in the higher level because the nefila transforms it. This is a very heavy idea. So the blemish of a great neshama, somebody who's a real Talmud Chacham, somebody who's a, a high neshama, his blemish in Asay Toiv could be much deeper than the Avayin Mamish, than a real sin of an Amaretz. Because if the neshama is rooted in a very deep place, so that neglect, that nefila could be much more devastating. And more catastrophic. This is the Mashmaus in Gemara in Yuma. You know what he's talking about? Which Gemara? With Chilil Hashem, I think, huh? Huh? Yeah, and buying, and buying in a store on credit. Right? One of the Amirayim said, I go to a store and I buy on credit, it's a Chilil Hashem. I, everybody buys on credit. In other words, it's always based on who you are. When a person, that's what he says, mashma begemara, it's not stam, a superficial thing that, uh, what people are gonna say, cause they look at you more. It's much deeper. A small blemish, a small blemish, like you have it in a tree also. You make a little blemish in the root, it affects the tree later much more than if you make a blemish in the trunk. Why? Because you went to the source. You take a root, you damage the root a little bit, a little damage, and the whole tree is affected. You put a scratch in the trunk or in the branch, there's a scratch in that branch. The deeper something is, the more rooted it is, so a little gam, it's nothing relatively. But where did you do it? Because you did it in such a deep place, so therefore its effect is much more devastating. So that's why Masech Yuma, he goes over there through different things that Amirayim said, that this behavior for me is devastating. It's inappropriate. Even though for others it's not a big deal. Because Ah, you have it. It's good to quote. Yeah. This is Yuma Pevavamid Bez. You went to Yuma Pevavamid Bez? Oh, Amaralaf, Amaralaf, sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he says, Azoi. Hey, Chidomi Chilil Hashem. So Rav said, I go to the marketplace, I buy meat from the butcher, and I don't pay him right away. Chilil <laughs> Hashem. Rabbi Yochanan said, de mazgina arba amas Rabbi Yochanan says, I walk four amas without Torah and without tefillin. That's not fair. <laughs> person walks four amas without Torah, without tefillin. So Rashi says, the Psarashi here, the Mepharshim say, people don't know that I'm weak. <laughs> I also need a break. And they learned from me to be mevatel Torah. So in the Pashtus it is, a person who's in a state of leadership, everyone is looking at him. So therefore he has to be very careful. So why does the Baltanya say v'chein mashma? Because he's touching the Gemara, I think, a little deeper. It's not just Rabbi Yochan is saying, everybody's looking at me, so therefore I just have to always think a hundred times how they're going to interpret it. Huh? It's an Indian pnimi. It's an Indian pnimi. In other words, Rabbi Yochanan was in a different place. So something that for another person is not such a begam, for him is taka deep begam. It's, it's a whole different type of blemish. That's what he says. That's what he says. It's not just, so don't look, and what if I'm private? It's not if I'm private or I'm public. On a shama that's that's very deep. The begam is a different begam, even, even if it's a small thing. And the truth is that we also know it with ourselves. 
Whenever there's a close connection and there's a deep dependency and reliance, a small thing could become much more significant than in another situation, a big thing. An example, and maybe a funny example. You put in a call to me. You put in a call, yeah? I don't call back for three days. Call back three days later. Okay, thank you. What do you say? Thank you for returning my call. I'm not talking pikuach now. A call, whatever. Thank you for returning your call. What if my wife puts in a call to me? And I call back three days later. She's not going to say thank you for returning the call. Yeah? <laughs> What's the difference? <laughs> Don't try it at home. Three days later, I returned the call Vazvilsta. <laughs> Again, I'm not talking about Pikoach Nefesh, but everything is Pikoach Nefesh, right? <laughs> Becomes your Pikoach Nefesh if you didn't return the call in three days. But, 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 the, but the real Havana is, if I'm very close to you, and I'm dependable, and, and, and you're dependable, and I rely on you. So then, the expectations are deeper expectations. You'll say, and a little, a little subtle thing could be more devastating for the relationship than a stranger doing something big. Because the connection is much deeper, the intimacy is much deeper. So you'll say, yeah, but it's nothing. <laughs> But it affects a very deep place. Because it affects a very deep place, so therefore it's a whole different experience. The results are whole very different. And that's why sometimes the tshuva in Asetev has to be a deeper tshuva. Not a contradiction to what the Gemara says in Yuma. Tak over there also. Daf pevav. Over Adam al mitzvah says sevishav loizaz meshamat shamaychilin loi. Mashenkin beloisa said the tshuva toilev yemakipura mechaper. The nimtzilichayder shal mitzvah essay and sarich tshuva kol kachemay loisas. The Gemara says the difference between a mitzvah essay and a mitzvah loisas. A person transgresses a mitzvah essay. I didn't do something. Says you don't move until they forgive you. You do tshuva, you forgive. A mitzvah slices, uh, if I did something that I'm not allowed to do, it says tshuva hangs, it's suspended, and you have to wait for Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur atones. What do we see from here? That mitzvah essi doesn't need tshuva like a mitzvah slices. Mitzvah slices is a big thing. Let's say I ate something that I wasn't allowed to eat. I have to wait for Yom Kippur. But let's say I didn't do something I was supposed to do. Right away is mechila. So what do you see from here? That the tshuva for mitzvah slices is much harder than for mitzvah slices. Than for mitzvah says. But if Kran is biased, that begat us a tshuva. already explained in the guy's a tshuva paid a kalif. The mashamru razal le zaz mishamat shamoichel en loy, hainu shamoichel en loy ha'oynesh, avon mikol makoim ha'oyr neder. There's no penalty, but the light is missing. That you don't get back. There shouldn't be a kula, a leniency for mitzvah Which means that Michael, I forgive you that there's no consequences. But that what's missing was missing. You can't bring it back. The tshuva on the mitzvah is, okay, there's no consequences, no penalty, I forgive you. But the opportunity is gone. So don't learn the Gemara, a leniency in mitzvah It's not a big deal. I missed it. You miss something. The Gemara says, "Mu'uvas shloyuchaliskin," right? Bittel Krishna shulshachers. But Krishna shulshachers a mitzvah sasi. You didn't do it, so you do tshuva. Moichel right away, but the opportunity was gone. The air is missing. Mitzvah loyses the word is, I actively betrayed you. So the mechila is harder because. Mitzvah's essay is passive. I just didn't do something. Mitzvah's license, you asked me not to do it, and I went and I did it. So it's a different type of action. It's aggression, it's not passive. Mitzvah's essay, I just didn't do. Mitzvah's license, I did. So yeah, wait for Yom Kippur. But over there, the mechila is complete. You did a b'gam, I made a blemish, and the b'gam is removed. But here... I didn't, I didn't do a, I didn't do something. That oil that I had to bring down was missing. 
אבל כדי שיעשה תשובה, שיישמה לגמרי אוהר שחסר בבטל מצווה ססר. But there is תשובה that you could bring back that light, because there's no such a thing completely missed opportunity. You could bring back that light. But על זה צריך לעשות תשובה עצומה, ממעמקים קרסיך השם. This needs a diff, deeper תשובה, what's called from the depth, or תשובה זו עניין הבקשה בתפילה, ברוך אתו השם. This tshuva is what we say in davening. Baruch atah Hashem pidush habakosh shalat tshuva shal hedir vasei toiv haynu shaluus huli iskasher lihidabek b'shem avaya shu seivav kalam and abchinas makif v'ula ma'ilam abchinas alikenu shabchinas b'malakalam v'haynu ki mitzvus esiyam mitzvus loisusa tluyim b'shem avaya alken lahamshich ha'ir animshich hadei hamitzvus zo inyan lihidabek b'shem avaya mamish. In order to be able to fill that oil, to bring back that oil that was missed in a mitzvah essay, it's not sad that it's lost, but it requires a different type of tshuva. The loizaz mishamat shemoich noy to forgive you right away is, there's no consequence, I forgive you, fine. But the oil is missing. In order to bring back that oil, here the person has to be able to connect Baruch Atah Hashem, before Elekeinu, beyond Elekeinu. Elekeinu, we explained, is Mamala Kalalman. That's the way Elekos is condensed in the world. But mitzvahs is Ratzon Eli, that's Hashem's Ratzon. It's His will, it's His intimate will. That's connected to Yud Kevavke, Shem Yud Kevavke, which is higher than Shem Elekim. So the Mela, to go back to that Oyer, to, re- to re-access that Oyer that I missed by missing the mitzvah essay, I need to go into the Shema Vaya, the Dvekus and Shema Vaya, that the Mimamakim Krosicha Hashem, that the Bakasha for Tshuva is to connect to the source, to Soiv of Kalaman, which is beyond Mimala Kalaman, that which is beyond the world. Yutke Vavke Avaya, that's how you fixed Asetoiv. That's the Tshuva for Asetoiv. That's the Tshuva not in Mimale, but in Soiv. The Tshuva for Surmeira is to align yourself with the true identity of the world. Stay out of the trouble that Ra represents. The Tshuva say Toiv, when I missed it, I have to go deeper. Because that Oyer is missing, and the Gam could be a very deep Gam for a high Neshama. I have to go to Saiv of Kalalman from which mitzvahs come from. The soul can return to Avaya and become one. The way she was one even before he blew it out into the body. He exhaled. The way the soul was included in Shem Avaya, which is beyond the Male, that's the mocker of Torah Mitzvahs. When the tshuva person's soul can go back to that place, that's me ma'amakim. I have to go to the deepest depths in me, to the b'chin of soivah beyond the ma'amalei. That creates the real tshuva on mitzvah essay to bring back the ur that was missing. You know, in life, you go through life, you could fix a lot of things, you could fix a lot of mistakes. What about missed opportunities? And one of the greatest regrets that people have is the missed opportunities. I could say I'm sorry and we could make men's and we could do things differently. But 20 years down the drain, 15 years down the drain, 10 years down the drain. Huh? It's a lot of regrets in that area. Fine, I could say I'm sorry, Mikana Lahaba, it's all beautiful. But, but the possibilities, the possibilities that were gone. So it's a whole different type of tshuva this. So the tshuva, the person goes into the ma'amakim krasicha, so to speak to the soiv of Kalalman and the Jew himself or herself, the shema avaya that's beyond the shema lekim, and over there you can get back all the oir. You go to the source, the source where Torah mitzvahs comes from. Torah mitzvahs is not rooted in memale. Memale is the chiyus that's the engine of the universe. Torah mitzvahs comes from the transcendence of Hashem. From the of Kalam, that which transcends the worlds, bleakful, infinity, the Ratzanalia. That I missed, I missed it. I did tshuva, you said I'm sorry, but the oil is missing. But the Memamakim Krosicha Havaya to Yudke Vovke, 
But the neshama could go back to the way it was included in the source before Vayipach Bap of Before it went down the Tzimtzum of Alekim to be able to be condensed in the body. So over there, in that, in that place, all the opportunities, all the resources can be found. So you go back to the treasure chest, to the mucker of it, and all the wholesomeness that was missing can be rediscovered there. Back in Shalom Venatveya. The way it sounds like what you're yeah, the other the saying. So you didn't say Shema that yeah. time. That light's gone. That light's not projected. But it's going to get to the point where it shows how to bring it back. Oh, so then Gary Satruvi, he's saying people think that since a mitzvah says, say you're forgiven right away. So what's the big deal? So he says, yeah, that, you're forgiven, but that light you missed. So just because it says you have to, by your mitzvah list, you have to wait for Yom Kippur because you have to clean up the blemish. I betrayed you, let's say I, I did something to you, I hurt you, I have to clean up the blemish. So over there you wait for Yom Kippur. Mitzvah's essay was passive, I didn't do anything. So he says, but don't, don't look at it as a, as a, as a lenient thing. What he's telling us here is, which he continues later in the Geras HaTshuva, is that there is the ability to bring back the light. But that's not the regular truva. The regular truva, I'm sorry. Yeah. Is, is, is important. It's great. But to be able to bring back that light that was missing, I have to be able to go to the source of that light. <laughs> that light wasn't access. I have to go back to the source. Huh? Yeah, like he says, to go beyond the Teva. So when our Jew goes back to that source, the source of Torah Mitzvah, which he calls here Soiv of Kalam, and Yudke Vavke, not Alekim, but Yudke Vavke. So that's the Mimamakim, you go over to that place, from there, all the Oir can be re, uh, reintroduced. All the light that was missing, He's saying, he's saying if it's possible that you get even more air. More air, more light, more energy. Not by not doing, by, by, uh... This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.